0: To new darkness, more darkness, get it? The opposite of light, black hole, curtains drawn, kinda makes it better.
1: Welcome. To the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, the show where we normally go through all of the movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We went through Infinity War. We even did Deadpool. Hopefully, hopefully at some point. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. That was our last pod. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully someday in some realm (sighs) Nisan watches Deadpool 2. We'll get to that at some point. Oh.
2: The <laughs> you, you don't already know everyone at Marvel? They haven't been hitting up your DMs yet? No, no I'm <laughs> going back
3: on you. The Bye.
1: Nonetheless, nonetheless, uh we're here today to do our first ever Marvel TV series season recap. Today we're gonna be talking about Cloak and Dagger. Season one just ended a couple of weeks ago. There's a lot of interesting thoughts and a lot of interesting aspects of the show that I wanted to get into personally. We have an esteemed panel today. Let's get into them. Let's intro them. Of course, one of my co-hosts on the show, Black Dragon Roll, Jerome Chang in the building.
2: What's going on, sir? congratulations you actually got me to watch it (laughs) like like, I I was a very late adopter I'll admit that and uh, I was like thinking about that this whole time because like we haven't heard our two other guests on this but I'm like we already got an all-star crew so you bring me on after you have that that's me that's me being the DeMarcus cousins of this I'm just like adding to the (laughs) chat. so uh, I'm happy to be here it was a fun show we'll get into it
1: absolutely and of course he's been on before on the on the MC University podcast obviously you know him from the back-to-back podcast friend of the show the Do Rag King Mariano Bivins. what's going on brother
0: I'm here man what's going on geez I'm, I'm happy to be here as, as usual
1: yes yes of course and if, uh, we have a newcomer we have a newcomer first time ever and the first time that I could say this the Broham is in the building NBA trades Raphael Canton Ralph what's happening
4: <laughs> thanks for the intro uh like Jerome i really was not trying to watch this at the beginning when when you really sort of My brother's uh, very persuasive yeah very persuasive he like just kept every time i saw him for like two months he just oh you need to watch cloak and dagger it's really really good and i was like yeah i don't know and uh, i ended up watching i was i was impressed it was very good it was cool
2: well yeah <laughs> it's funny because like he would do that in our group chat like we could talk about anything like, I could be like, I don't know what I'm going to put on my pizza today. He'd be like, well, two ingredients are like maybe a cloak in a day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Something like
2: that. laughs> <laughs> he got us there. He got us there. I
1: appreciate
2: you. I appreciate you nonetheless, Anthony.
1: Hey, man, it's the least I could do. I I, I got a couple of people on to watch the show. Obviously, uh, in the background, you'll hear her. Obviously, you heard her at the beginning, Nita on Bluffstein. She is a member of this team. She did not watch the show, but that's okay. It's all good in the neighborhood. <laughs> as she giggles (laughs) as she giggles in the background
3: i just i'll be okay honestly though it's not even that the tv shows are bad it's that they're really dark like agents of shield is the one that i have an issue with the rest of them are just too dark for me because i'm soft well big softy inside that's it
1: well i hope as you listen to this one maybe this will (laughs) give you a little bit of motivation to watch it because i think it's it's a show that i think that you'd actually like
3: oh you assumed that i was gonna have my headphones in while you guys are talking that's cute <laughs> but i'm you gonna go back on mute to the now <laughs> do i listen to the podcast do i listen to any podcast
1: okay bye <laughs> okay all right Clunky. also i yeah. shout
2: out to uh jake he couldn't make it last minute um due to uh yeah shout out to my man jake man like, yeah shout out to jake well
0: my, yeah, shout, shout out to man. jake first of all for every time he has hennessy he
1: always hit me up and tell me like yo i had
0: hennessy today i hope you're proud of me i'm always proud of jake
1: <laughs> and also jake christy will be producing so all the amazing sounds that you're going to hear on this show uh, jake will be producing it so let's kick it off cloak and dagger season one I had known a while ago that this show was in development but wasn't really privy to the story from the comics. It's been better that way personally for me. You don't come on with the high expectations and what ended up happening is that I was blown away. What's amazing about the show to me is the way that it tugs at your heartstrings in ways that you didn't expect. Both Tandy and Tyrone's tragedies are tough to absorb in their own way, and how that has shaped their being is something that the show has really done a good job of framing that story for the viewer. I feel Tyrone's anguish for his brother, which we'll get into. I think anyone who has a brother or had a brother-type relationship with someone would get Tyrone's story. More than anything else, this is a character-driven, story-driven show more than any other Marvel television show that I've seen. At its worst, in episodes 1 through 5, it's a really good teen drama. At its best, in episodes 6 to 10, it really picks up and invests you in what happens to these characters. Um, it's just, if you know, just to put it bluntly, I was not expecting to be taken to this show as I have, but once I really did, and I think the showrunner has to, has talked about this on on uh, many occasions as far as just making you feel like you want to care about these characters and i really ended up really caring about uh tyrone and tanny to a lesser extent she got some little annoyances here and there but tyrone is just amazing so so in terms of general observations um I, i'll start with the newcomer first ralph what was your general general observations of season one
4: um, I thought it was really good, like, uh, I, what was interesting was sort of just how they tied in, I guess, you know, personal, you know, things and developed the characters a lot within that, and also sort of related it to, like, the real worlds, like, what's going on now. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, and that made it sort of different than, or not, not too much, because like, Luke Cage sort of does some of that stuff, too, but it I thought that really made it interesting and then just sort of showing the growth of the characters and sort of what happened to them at the beginning from that situation they went through uh, that gave them the superpowers. I thought that that like they really connected that really well and sort of just drew back to that first scene at the beginning of the show uh throughout the rest of the season. So I thought that that really made it a really good like first season.
1: Mariano, how about you, sir? Um
0: <clears throat> I mean I think overall just i'll start first with a little backstory like the way i was introduced to the show was like my wife i would see her watching it um when i didn't really know like what it was um and she would always tell me like yo this is a great show and i think you would like it and i think you would especially like tyrone and she kind of broke down his backstory about like you know him you know losing his brothers like gun violence and things like that which is something i can relate to um and overall like when i watched the show i just thought that Again, it reminded me of The Flash in the sense that Superpower Aside is just a great show. Like, it's just written great. Um, none of the things on that show seemed forced or like, oh, we got to do this thing right here for TV or we got to do this for the moment. Like, it just, it just really flowed like just a – like I said, it, it was just a great show. I'm glad I watched it. Um, and I caught up so quick because – it, it was like in my mind, like when I watched the first episode, I was like, "All right, let's hurry up and watch the second one." Mm. And then it went like a day or two where I couldn't watch another, and I was like, nah, let's watch like three right now. Like I need to, I need to hurry up and see what's going on. Like it just, it just kept me involved. You know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I think it was a great show.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely just, it, it grabbed me like in such a way. Oh, how about you, Jerome? What were your general thoughts on season one?
2: I really like the point you made about, um, at its worst, like episodes one through five it's a teen drama like angsty drama but then it, like from six to ten it gets like this really complex uh story um I think there were points early on where I felt like it was hard for me to get into it just because it felt like it had that like angsty teen drama like all those tropes um but yeah what kept me going and um you mentioned it also Tyrone he is such a good character from the beginning and it's the one thing that um, at its lowest parts, where I may not have enjoyed it as much, like I was still at least invested in seeing what happens with him. And then, like once it comes full circle, like how he develops the character he shows throughout is great. Tandy, I, I'm fine with Tandy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it. Just it wasn't particularly interesting to me. Uh, her whole story. Um, but I'd be together. Like again, it's one of those things that definitely got better in the latter half of the season. Yeah. Um, for both, like. Tyrone consistent. Tandy much better later on. And uh, one thing I actually liked about it, just because this is Marvel we're talking about, is that it didn't take place in New York. Because everything Mm -hmm. takes place in New York. Right, right, right. It's actually really cool.
3: That's because New York's the best city on the world, bye.
2: She said from L.A. (laughs) (laughs) So, um.
3: (laughs) Fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) New York's the best city in the world. You may go on now.
2: Thank you very much. Um, but no, no, uh, New Orleans. It's a location was really cool. Um, the way they try to use some of the iconography and like the culture around it to incorporate it with what's going on in the story was interesting. Um, so just having that was a fresh take because at least you got to have a Marvel um, show or Marvel property that didn't feel like it was like it was a part of the larger universe. Verse where you heard like the references. Like I think I even heard like the Starks get mentioned at a point. Yeah. But um, but it seems to exist as its own thing like that it's not just like another new york story so yeah it was cool
1: you no know, man it's uh it's it was a, it was an interesting and very very good first season so now we've we've shown a lot of love to the show so let's get into our neat picks of the show um that what?
3: was so fucking disrespectful. I mean, I mean, <laughs>
1: you know. <I laughs> you hate don't
3: so I'm out here like I'm making lunch. I'm trying to focus on my guacamole and my turkey. I'm making a sandwich. You know how your oh, picks. Okay, I'm out. So you
2: stole? It's a dumb sandwich. sandwich. Is that what's going on? That's just on the Oh
1: wait guacamole. a minute. Wait, what'd you say about avocado? we we found we found the thief. We found Zach Harper's avocado thief.
3: I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. I'm assuming you talked about it on a pod. I don't listen
1: to pods. <laughs> it was a pod that you were probably on for the first half of today.
3: <laughs> yeah, I don't I have not listened to a Friday Mailbag.
1: <laughs> nonetheless, uh, nonetheless okay. as we okay, can, as, okay, as we continue to get derailed by the wonderful Nate uh, n- nitpicks of the show. Um Jerome, what are some issues that you had with this show?
2: Um uh, Marie mentioned at the top, but when it gets real teen angsty, it, it comes on a bit strong. And also, like, the choice of music that, uh, that like, no, that. <laughs> is, like, like, you couldn't be more on the point. Like, I didn't know that you could just, like, write songs that were like, the lyrics are just like, I'm sad about what's going on. <laughs> um, and, uh, like, actually, uh, I mean, the guys don't get to hear it, um, but I help make a custom open for oh, this yes. podcast it's um, gonna be um, that perfect. expresses that exact sentiment. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really the part that got me. Like, you said it. At its worst, it becomes a teen angst drama, and it comes on very strong. Um, outside of that, uh, I hate to say it, Tyrone has a terrible jump shot. He's, <laughs> <laughs> you could, he's not, he's not the player. And it's one thing where, like, I, I wouldn't have said anything about it, but, like, literally everyone would say that about him, but that jump shot of yours. And then, so I was so excited to finally see, like, one of the games, and then I saw it, I was like, that's... He can't shoot. I don't think he can shoot. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so
2: Ralph, I know
1: on the on the basketball point, you have some some words for for it. So go ahead, sir.
4: The basketball was terrible. The uh, TV show so should mad. never never be allowed to have basketball scenes at all. Uh, I mean, he could have been a fencer Or done something different I don't know, played a different sport It would have looked better uh, Basketball is just, it can't be played on TV It's just, it, or maybe it depends It depends, there's some good like TV shows slash movies Who have done, but very few And this show was among the list of terrible Uh Zombie Apocalypse Slash The Crazies uh, That's what I was thinking of The movie The Crazies with Timothy Oliphant That's what it reminded me of <laughs> Uh, I don't think that a zombie apocalypse really made sense in, in that kind of, uh, setting in the way that the show made it. Uh, you know, the ending and just having people go crazy and want to kill for no reason. Uh, that part just sort of didn't make sense. Uh, and it's too complicated. Like if, if, if there's a zombie apocalypse where people want to kill and are, are not like zombie zombies, they're just bloodthirsty and they want to kill people. I didn't really understand, like, wh- what, what the point of that was, and and finally, my last nitpick was the music choice. I agree with Jerome. I mean, you're in New Orleans; you should be playing some big timers, play some Little and play some currency. Like, what's going on? Yeah,
0: no, I agree with that for sure.
4: <laughs> definitely, you're definitely going to play some Little Wayne. I definitely agree with
0: that.
1: Yeah, so, oh, so we'll move right to mariano What any nitpicks for the show for from you, sir?
0: Yeah, yeah, not for sure. Um, I mean, obviously, when you talk about the basketball, it was like, bro. Russell Westbrook couldn't dream up a scenario where everybody else is standing around doing nothing (laughs) while, you know what I'm saying? Where, like, he's just got the ball and, like, just get, it's just like, bro, it's on you. You can just win the game, lose it, whatever, right now. Like, everybody else was literally sitting around, like, checking Twitter while they were, like, on the block. (laughs) It was fucking ridiculous. I was watching it, and I was just like, 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 you know, and my wife knows, like, I'm a huge basketball fan. She's, like, cracking up, laughing at me, <laughs> nitpicking the basketball. I'm like, yo, he's clearly getting fouled. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this? Why is that dude standing around? Like, move. Move your fucking feet. <laughs> so she's just having a good time watching me do that. But I think my biggest nitpick of the show, uh-huh. um, and it's hers as well, is the fact that, hmm, like, Tyrone went from being, like, Flo Rida's color to being, like, the color of fucking, like, uh you know, I don't know, fucking Jeremy Grant or some shit. Like, it's just like, he... You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, he's... Like, I get it. Like, you you change when you get older. Like, a lot of times you're a little bit lighter than what you are when you get older, but he was legit light-skinned when he was young, and then he turned right. into, like, a full-fledged, that's a dark-skinned great play. Like.
4: Yeah, it's true. It was crazy. <laughs> I caught that. Yeah, drill.
0: like, it was, bro, it was crazy. Like, it was just... It's just one of those things that's just kind of... It doesn't necessarily stop me from enjoying the show, but every time they flash back, I'm just like, mm. yeah, it throws you off. You're right. It does throw you I'm off. I'm like, God a damn it. I forgot he was this guy before. Like, okay, cool. Like, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, I, yeah, so that, that's my biggest nitpick is just that, like that part. But, you know, other than that, it was obviously, it was the basketball like everybody else because that's just where my mind goes. No matter what,
2: yeah, and- they were building them up. That's the problem. Like they just built it up so much, and then it just became such a disappointment once they actually played.
0: Yeah, like, this is yeah. The championship
2: game we watched. That's championship level. Basketball. Yeah, like don't
0: like this. That's the thing. When they said it was the championship game, I'm like, oh, this is about to be some shit. They about to be setting picks. Like, bro, literally, the man looked around, in and the four other so players intense. on his team were standing around like. <laughs> Like, the dudes on the other team was looking like, Tyrone, you gonna shoot or what?
1: Like, what's going on? Like, you, you good? And you, need, you need us to set a
0: screen for you? Like, I'm like, goddamn, like, what are y'all doing?
1: And then there was this instance where I think he dropped the ball and then somebody bumped into him and then we saw the dude's nightmare or some crap like that. And right. yeah. it just, like, it kind of, yeah. like, disorients you. And it was just, it was just also. Weird.
0: Also, it was unrealistic because what basketball player gives a fuck about what the ref wants? Like, no <laughs> basketball player ever cares about what the ref has invested. Like, we don't care, man. Like, we don't care, bro. Like, I'm going to win this game. You think that because if you if you call this game the right way, you're gonna get your legs broken by the mob that I'm not gonna hit this shot? No, I'm like, I don't care, bro. You're a referee. To me, you're the you're the fucking you're the ops. You're just as much of the enemy as the team wearing the other jersey. I'm sorry. Like, it's just what it is.
1: Yeah man. Um I what you go I think I can echo what everybody said here. The basketball scene was really ridiculous. Um you could also talk about the, the zombie apocalypse to Ralph's uh, point. Um, I think you could have done something a little bit better than that and maybe had maybe had just like, I guess a fresher look because I think we've just seen, there's just so much. Walking Dead, Fear of the Walking Dead, any zombie mm-hmm. show that we've seen on Netflix or Hulu or any, any other streaming service or TV outlet or movie that we've ever seen. It has kind of like that kind of flair. So we've kind of seen that before. It would have been cool to see something fresh, but I kind of get in, in the instance because it's like they, they really focus heavily on character driven, story driven. So it almost feels like, they kind of said, "Ah, hey, we're gonna leave some of the some of They the, phoned you know, it in. Yeah, <laughs> basically, basically, it's funny because I was reading something that the showrunner, um, I, I guess uh, there was an article about it, and he had talked about how there was just some stuff that we decided to not go into heavy on as far as the you know the tertiary stuff, as you know, whether it's villain per se, keeping it towards Connors, um, and Roxanne. Uh, and just you know that whole zombie apocalypse thing kind of being like eh, a little cheesy but we wanted actually well, to- sorry i
2: you remind yeah. me of a nitpick just because you mentioned roxon and everything who delivers water in the middle of the night obviously she's gonna kill you <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: yeah, <that's>
2: bro <laughs> no listen like, if
0: you i'm gonna tell you like this me being a detroit born and raised guy if you order from a pizza place and you tell them you only have a hundred dollar bill, they won't come to you. You talking about delivering fucking water at night? Like, no, bro. Go,
1: go, go turn your sink on.
0: We're not delivering fucking water to you in the middle of the night. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good another good point too. That's a, yeah, that's there's just a lot there. So we'll we'll move on from there and we'll talk about our favorite episode of season 1. Um th- I felt like towards the back half of the season, particularly episode 6 through 10, there's a lot of good episodes to choose from there. Uh Mariano, what was your favorite episode of season 1? Um, damn,
0: man. I think if I have to pick, I would probably say, uh, episode nine. Okay. Um, that's the episode, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one where, uh, obviously we get the Stan Lee painting on the wall. Yeah. Um, you know, we get like Tandy starting to kind of, you know, we, we've seen it, like you said on a, on a, on a, on a back nine, so to speak, like, uh, of her turning to her mom after like realizing yeah. where her past really was. Um, she, starts to kind of, like, abuse her powers and starts to kind of get high on him.
4: Yes. In in, in a
0: sense, Um, you know. uh, And one of my favorite things about that was, if you notice, Tyrone is walking on the strip or whatever, and, like, there's a dude in the background that's, like, talking. He's, like, right to his left. He's, like, in a purple shirt. He kind of got, like, his hair, like, in, like, kind of fro, taper fro kind of thing. And he's talking to this young lady, and he's lit. Like, he's super lit. And he's having a good time. He has nothing to do with the story but I noticed it because I was like oh nah that dude right there is enjoying this fucking night like I I appreciated <laughs> that um you know but 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 most importantly though to be serious like was the conversation that you know uh where it was like uh Tyrone had the conversation with his parents where it was like yo that's all y'all going to say like I was right this yeah. whole time you know what I'm saying it's like the it's that one it's that one moment in like a teenager's life where it's like dog wait a minute I'm I know I'm a kid I know I don't know everything but I know I'm right on this, and my parents didn't give me my just due. Like, I felt like if he wouldn't have been wrong necessarily to kind of go against his parents and walk when they told him to get in the car, like, Lo, we going home, we're going to talk about this later type shit. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, you know, uh, just, you know, and, and that whole thing where I feel like that's where it kind of, I, I don't want to say peak, but. Um, that that was where the most action happened for me, like, emotionally, where it was like they put the murder on them and they come to the house. And yeah. after that conversation he had with his mom in the kitchen, that happens. And it's like you see exactly what your mom meant now. Now you know why your mom held you near and dear over all these years and why they kind of treated you the way they did is because – You know, it should really affect them. So, I mean, that episode made me feel the most out of the whole season. So, I have to say uh, episode nine is my favorite.
1: Yeah, episode nine is titled Backbreaker. Um, Yeah, I thought that was a really good episode, too. I would not blame anybody for for choosing that one. That was really good. Uh, Ralph, what was your favorite episode of season one?
4: Probably episode seven um i really liked you know it was the scene where or it it was built around the repeating scene over and over again where they had a certain amount of time to uh stop the core or whatever the reactor and uh, Ivan Hess was there, and he kept saying the same things over and over again. I thought it was really cool because they sort of had to work together, and uh Tandy had to get over her uh, connection to her father. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she wanted yeah. to hear him on the phone, and I thought that that was really cool. Like, you know, just Tyrone being able to convince her eventually after they kept arguing with each other. And, uh yeah, I thought that that episode was really good because it showed, like, a big breakthrough for Tandy to get over her dad. She was so, like, tied to him uh and uh you know like uh, eventually getting over it was really like showed some progress in in the show
1: yeah i i i really i really loved um episode seven lotus eaters that was a really good one too i thought that you see both tyrone and tandy start to work as a team in that episode when they're fighting off yeah. a bunch of the crazy so i thought that was pretty cool in you itself can kind of see what their
2: power is going to be Because, like, in there, their powers are more potent. So, you could see Tyrone actually do his thing as opposed to to the real world.
1: Yeah, and Tyrone showing the resolve to stay with Tandy because Tyrone, remember, had left the plane. He had gotten Mm -hmm. back and then he went back in there to get her out. And, uh, Tyrone, it's just another awesome Tyrone moment. He's just, you know, shout out to, uh, shout out to Aubrey, Aubrey Joseph. That was a really, he's just, he's the MVP of the series. It's just, so sure. tremendous. Just another example um, of that. Um, Jerome, what is your favorite episode of uh, season one?
2: It's also episode nine for me. Basically for all like the reasons that Mariano uh, was saying. Um, the top, the part at the top where uh, I forget his character, but like the priest who does his whole speech on regression and his yeah. journey was really good and just watching it go. I also really enjoyed that scene because Tyrone finally beats the shit out of um, I don't remember his name, but Grayson Allen on his team. Basically.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yo, Fantastic. dog. He gave him. Yo, this is how you really know you
2: don't really like
0: somebody when you give them body shots. That means you really thought about that shit. Like <laughs> now I'm about to fuck him up.
1: He could not yeah. wait. Uh, Shouts to yeah. Pastor Delgado.
2: Yes, he was. He was a really good character in the uh, series. Um, and then uh yeah and then the whole scene with his mother just because there was just this ongoing tension between them throughout and uh i think we're gonna talk about quotes later but that's basically where that's gonna come in for me so i won't elaborate any further um but yeah episode nine um my favorite
1: yeah that listen episode nine you can't go wrong with that one that was a great one i actually thought my favorite episode was episode eight ghost stories because i think what ended up happening in that one was we saw some good hero moments from both Teddy and Tyrone. They felt confident in what they were trying to do. They were both trying to execute great plans, and it seemed like they had some success. But the byproducts and downfall afterwards is a reminder that life is funny like that. Life sometimes just doesn't care about you at all. And that's kind of the that's kind of the point. And I think this show, can, if anything, continues to drive home the idea that it's not supposed to be easy. But mm-hmm. in the way that both Tyrone, uh, you know, lo- you know, tricked Connors into and you know basically admitting that he killed uh, Tyrone's brother and everything that happened along that, and of course Tandy with the whole Roxanne situation. But unfortunately, the byproduct of that, she finds out uh, what her father did to her mother, um, you know, uh, uh, abusing her and stuff. So. With that, like, it was a really sad ending, and it just, it kind of, it definitely leans heavy into the the whole emotional aspect of things, and um, I thought from top to bottom, that was just a really, really good episode. So, since we mentioned- The end of
2: episode eight is probably, like, if she ever watched it, would be Nitz's least favorite scene, <laughs> if she is really a salty when it comes to gore and all that.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: and all right so we' what well, so since we were since Jerome mentioned quotes we'll go to favorite line of of season one um it, i I have a feeling that we all have similar uh, that not all of us have similar ones but a couple of us have the same one Jerome go ahead um well
2: so yeah I already mentioned it but the scene he has with his mom uh, is so good uh in that in episode nine and I really like her. Thing about him just because it sums them up so perfectly why he's the best character in this show but
1: I know who you are I see it every day I see your bravery and your intelligence and your willpower you're more like your brother than you ever know
2: like I just really like that moment just because she does a really good job in it and I think it sums up like it sums Tyrone up so perfectly and it's like a very like emotional moment uh, throughout and also like what comes afterward too. So yeah, that's my favorite moment. And quote.
1: Uh, what you call it, Mariano? How about you, sir? What's your favorite line of season one? Yeah.
0: T- you know what? T- to be honest, when I thought about that question, it's the same thing for me. Like with Jerome, it's the entire conversation that they had. I couldn't pick one line because every time I hung on one line, the next line was even more powerful than that. And then the next Mm -hmm. line was better than that. And so that whole conversation just kind of summed up, I think, the season for me. Because it was like this disconnect between him and his mom, even like, you know, when you think about earlier in the season. All
2: their scenes throughout the whole season. Yeah. you are like the best ones.
0: Yeah, like, so he asked, you know, he asked his pops, like, yo, like, how does she do this? Like, how does she do that and then still be strong enough to do this? And his pops just kind of looked at him like he couldn't really explain it either. So I think that conversation that they had, Told so much that it kind of summed it up, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it. Like, I get it now." So I, I honestly couldn't pick a quote, and you know, I, I'm I'm just gonna, like I said, I'm just gonna agree with Jerome because that entire conversation that they had, I think was the best conversation anybody had from the entire season. Like, it just was, it was, it was incredible, man. They both were like, like she cried, and like he was on the verge of tears, and it was just mm-hmm. that shit. I, I felt that shit, man.
1: Yeah man, it really is. I'm actually gonna to get to that in a second, um, when I go. Uh Ralph, what was your favorite what was your favorite line of season one?
4: Yeah, that was that one was great. Um I, but I chose uh, one between Tyrone and Tandy where uh they sort of it's it sort of I related it to Destiny, but Tyrone said
0: If I had a knife of light, Detective Connors would be dead and buried.
4: And then Tandy responded if I could travel anywhere, I'd travel anywhere but here. And, and then Tyrone responded, Maybe that's why we got what we got. And Tandy then replied,
2: Why we didn't get what we didn't get.
4: And I thought that sort of was really cool because it, it's sort of like Destiny. Like they had to work together and sort of meant to be that they had to work together and that they didn't ha- end up with the opposite power that the other one has. Because then if they had the opposite power, they probably would be able to easily solve whatever issues they had in their lives so i thought it was really cool because it's sort of related to you know destiny and that they had to work together
1: right oh uh, yeah that's a that's another good one too there's a lot of rich quotes it's like you could go on youtube and um if jake is listening and i'm sure he is when he listens to this uh <laughs> there are plenty of quotes to get on here so i'm gonna i'm gonna go like so part of the conversation that took place between tyrone and his mother in episode nine Backbreakers, which was really good um I'll, I'll skip ahead to this part i wasn't afraid of them well that's a luxury that you had but your father and i couldn't afford that luxury we had to be afraid because you alive or you dead i meant nothing to them
0: oh, man
1: it still doesn't and what you did i had backup we got him on tape you had a white cop on tape, confessing to killing a black kid. Have you been paying attention, Tyrone? Because in the world that we live in, that means absolutely nothing. Boy. So Tyrone. That shit was powerful. So Tyrone then goes. So I should just what? Throw my hands up and give up? Is that what you're saying? You put yourself in their crosshairs again. Someone has to. Otherwise, nothing will change. I've already lost one son, Tyrone. And if I don't stand up, it will be for nothing. So it's like... <clears throat> That's, like, that's what i'm saying like listen, yeah. dog. like try to like
0: good luck trying to find one of those lines that's more powerful than another one like because i really sat there and racked my brain like dog i can't pick one of these like when she's no bro listen when she said that's a luxury that you're afforded like dog i you have that luxury you're a kid still you don't even understand this shit. i'm a parent you have the luxury of not being scared i don't have that like i'm fucking terrified i have to be
1: yeah man and that I think another one earlier in the season Tyrone's talking to Pastor Delgado and he's just he's just so frustrated. He's frustrated with the idea that Connors is walking around free doing whatever he feels like. He knows he's a corrupt cop. So he says to the pastor, "What if this guy really existed? What if I could find him? This poison running through my veins, doesn't it belong in his too?" And that's just a example of, it's like, "What if that were you?" Like, "Yo, if somebody did something to Ralph, yo that i would feel that that anger that emotion like all that stuff that tyrone did so you know um aubrey joseph did such a good job of portraying the season that like that darkness but still trying to fight through it it's just another example of that and then of course there's a there's another one uh when tyrone and uh uh what you call it uh, when tyrone and tandy realized they had an un- undeniable connection tyrone the universe keeps pushing us together and tandy says the universe keeps pulling us apart they, it, it seemed like th- the two of them the whole season went back and forth in terms of you know them trying to guess and it's funny because they're teenagers so all of that th- with all of what they're dealing with they're dealing with adult problems as teenagers and that can't be the easiest thing in the world to deal with plus you know they have they have powers on top of that so all of that together makes things very very interesting and the show you know continues to lean into that that type of stuff so we'll go um, f- another good yeah, scene go like
2: we talked about tyrone scenes especially with regard to the cops and everything in episode 10 where he talks the cop out of like basically well um when they're in the cell yes and yes, yes. he's trying to talk like, basically try to talk some sense into the cop. Like, I don't have the exact quotes on me right now, but that whole scene there and how he doesn't use any of his powers, anything that's going on, like, he just uses his, like, his passion and reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, the strength of his character, like, in that regard, like, it's that stuff that makes him truly heroic, even more so than, like, these powers that he has.
1: No, absolutely. I love that conversation where he he goes to the cop, uh, you're supposed to protect me. Like mm-hmm. and and then you know he talks about my 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 uh, parents pay taxes, uh, the, you know they do the right thing and they're both concerned about mm-hmm. me and all that stuff. So I I I love that conversation too. That's a really good one. Um, and since we're talking about favorite scenes, what is everybody's favorite scene of season one? Ralph, what was your favorite scene of season one? Uh, my favorite scene of season
4: one was uh, episode four. Uh, when Tandy and Tyrone had that argument, and uh, you know she was talking about what he could do to like just steal, like steal and just pretend to be a like a victim or whatever. And he hit her and with he, the white privilege. Yeah, <laughs> and she like talked about his like <laughs> how he's rich and whatever, <laughs> family to go to, and he has a house and whatever. Oh, and and he came back at her with the whole. Let me check your
2: privilege. My privilege? I was just dropped off by a cop who told me that I can't press charges against a guy who almost... I've had a lot of things taken from me. And everything I have, I've had to steal because... Because you can! You can walk into any room in this world and never be questioned. Try walking into a department
4: store looking like me. That's not fair because I don't The think... world does! So I thought that was like really powerful scene because uh, it really put her in her place. She really <laughs> didn't, have she didn't have much to say after that, so I thought that that was a really good scene.
1: Yeah, that, that's dope. Uh, uh, Jerome, what was your favorite scene of season one?
2: Um, like it's, I know it's stumbling back, but basically the scene with his mother in Nine is my favorite, even though, I like said, it's also my favorite quote. It's just such a beautiful scene. Um, outside of that, when they trick Connors, uh, I thought that was like a very smart use of his powers. Yeah. Oh, and man. We, that happened, um like it, and it worked in the kind of way that when he was suggesting at first i'm like this is ridiculous but like it worked and it works really well and effectively and uh and again it's like one of those things where it was really nice to see it work the way tyrone wanted it to work at least in that moment um just because he's like a person that's consistently doubted uh throughout the season too so um that was also a great scene
1: Awesome, Mar Mariano. How, what was your favorite scene? Uh, scene nah, there? you know what?
2: It,
0: again, again, it's the same exact it's the same exact scene as um, as Jerome, yes. where you talk about. Uh, I, I know I know it sounds crazy, but like Jerome, no, dog. I'm starting to really think Jerome and Zach Harper is the same person because like a lot of times, <laughs> no, nah, like for real, because like a lot of times when I do these pods and like me, you know, Zach and I, we text and we'll talk about shit and we'll be like, dog, like I was about to say this at the same time you said it or right before you said it, but. My favorite scene was when they tricked Connors because the execution of that, like the plan sounded good. It would sound like an elaborate plan. And it sounded like one of those things that was like almost too good to be true where like you wouldn't see it actually come to fruition because like something would get in the way and they wouldn't be able to show you what they meant. Like they would talk about it and you would have to imagine it. But when they actually, you know, acted it out, I was like, oh, this is, this is fucking brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just the, It really was just a genius scene because he came up with the plan. They actually let him get that off. And it's not a lot of times on TV shows, no matter what it is, where they'll give you the line and then actually show it to you too. You know what I'm saying? Like they give it to you and then like, oh man, something came up and Connor broke his leg and we couldn't do it. It's like, you know what I mean? Something (laughs) happened. So the fact that they were able to get that off, I thought that was one of the most creative scenes of the entire series. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, um, you know, you go back and, you know, you look at when they could time travel and go back and see what's going on with, um, oh, man, what's, what, what's my man with, uh, shit, I can't think of his name. It's the girl's dad who was working at Roxanne, uh, as well.
1: Oh, um, um oh, okay. So Tandy's, uh, Tandy's. Oh, oh, I mean, oh, oh, Evan Hess.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, Evan Hess. Yeah. Evan Hess? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so, has, yeah, so, yeah. So, so when, so, yeah, so, so when you go back and look at those type of scenes, it's like, those are creative, but not in this way, like not in the way where he actually talked it out and told you. And made mm-hmm. you see something and then they actually showed you so yeah that's that's easily my favorite scene from the whole thing like i was going
2: crazy when i saw that shit yeah adding on top of it it's like also it's creative because usually when you think about a super movie it's like they use their power to inflict force on someone yeah right and like this was a way where it was like to manipulate a person which was really interesting because you don't normally see it that way right like usually it's like because I have super speed, or I have, like, laser eyes, or I have super strength, and I will beat you that way. But it wasn't that. It was, like, I'm going to use this power to, like, make myself into the ghost of my dead brother, and then use that to drive a person to insanity to then admit to a murder. Like, that's that's a very creative way of using a superpower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. And those are all those are all really good scenes and those are so I'm gonna go with a little bit of a different one because I am such I am such a sensitive person. I'm such a softy. I like I like these emotional emotional moments. And at the end of episode seven, Lotus Eaters, um I just really liked the conversation that Tyrone and Tandy had where Tyrone could not bring himself to play uh, a message of his uh, brother's uh, Billy, uh, I guess, rapping along at the time. and Oh, yeah, yeah
0: that was great.
1: And that was just... I think it, it was a great way to cap the episode because they had kind of finally figured out how to work together. And the fact that they did and just the way that that whole scene sent... It was just... It, it hit me in the feels, man. It brought a smile to my face in the sense that we briefly saw these two have a cool moment with each other. So, like, what you call it? Tandy calls uh, Tyrone uh, terrible for 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 how he sounded in the in the in the uh, in the message, and then mm-hmm. she goes, but "I'll excuse it." You know why? Why?
2: Because you hadn't
1: met me yet. That was just like, "Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> that's just sweet." That's really cool, and I know I know if if somebody else is listening on this line, they don't like sweet <laughs> things, they don't like soft things. But I'm sorry, they don't like
0: uh, cookies or uh, <laughs> what?
1: What's up? <laughs> we were just talking about. We were just uh uh. Well, no, no, I heard to-
3: I heard the signal. I heard the signal. Someone in the background doesn't <laughs> like sweet or soft things. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what it was referring to, but facts. All right, bye.
1: That we were we were becoming uh one with uh one with uh one with our emotions. Um but don't do that. Eh, <laughs> no, it's good to do that. Uh, I think
3: emotions are beautiful, but also soft. Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> but uh nonetheless, uh what you call it <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool where she says, I'll excuse you, you know why, why, because you hadn't met me yet And I was just Yeah man, that's just like that's just really, really dope. Um, I really enjoy that aspect of things. So, we have a couple of topics left before we get to the end of the show, and I realized that we hadn't hit this one because I think this is really interesting because there is a lot of there's a lot of good characters here. Favorite non cloak and dagger character? Um, who would you say is your favorite non cloak and dagger character? Uh, Ralph, who's your faith? Uh,
4: I go with Avita. Uh... I thought it was cool that she had, like, powers, I guess, in Episode 9 when uh, Tandy tried to get into her hopes or whatever and destroy them. Yeah. She, like, pushed her back and was like, nah. <laughs> was yeah. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. And she also ended up becoming, like, important in terms of talking to them. And, like, at the end, I think it's in the, the season finale, she you know told them what was going to happen even though i don't really understand if what like what was behind that because she said one would live and one would die they both ended up surviving but uh, i thought she ended up being like a really cool character she was really cool with with tyrone and like you know most people when if you tell them that you have superpowers or whatever they'd be looking at you like crazy she seemed very understanding so i like that about her character
1: yeah, yeah, that's a pretty dope. Mariano, who's your favorite non cloak and dagger character?
4: Oh man, easily Aunt Chantel.
0: Like <laughs> she was because because the thing was she was like the real epitome of like the black auntie who tells you like, look, hey, don't hang around that boy; he' trouble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then like two weeks later, he get caught for stealing the car, and you wasn't there because you didn't answer your phone. And she like, I told you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I told you. So she. Because, like, because of the fact that she's, um, giving, like, these premonitions and she's talking about what's to come, and Evita is, like, looking at her, like, look, just get some rest. It's like, nah, I'm really telling the truth. Like, she's, just the whole time, like, she's walking around, like, she's just, bro dog, listen, like, she was just really, like, magical in this shit, man. And it really, I think, embody what people think when they think about, like, New Orleans women. You know what I mean? Like, think about the culture. They think about the history. Yeah. Um, you know, and she, it's... It, I I just thought she was just like one of the realest, but she's, she's easily my favorite character outside of those two. Like she was just every time I seen the scene with her in it, it was just very on time. And the way she told that story about, you know, bearing the mark and, you know, stuff like that. And that whole episode, I felt like was hers. You know what I mean? Like she narrated damn near the whole thing. Like she just kept telling the story and everything she was saying would kind of play out. So, yeah, for me, it's definitely her.
1: Shouts to Angela Davis, who plays Chantel, and also shouts to Noelle Renee Bercy who played Evita. Uh, Jerome, who is your favorite non-Cloak and Dagger character?
2: I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Father Delgado. Yes! Uh, in it. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him a lot. in it. Um, just, he kind of served as, like, guidance to Tyrone throughout, and especially, like, once it got to the point of that regression scene. Like, when he breaks that down, because that's one of my favorite scenes in it. Um, it's, like... He he was like a very interesting character in it in himself, but like also for the show itself, like he really added the hero element to it, like to make it feel like a like comic book um, television show or comic book story. Like he added the hero story throughout um, the struggle, everything that goes along with it. So I really appreciated his character.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big uh, Pastor Delgado guy. I thought I thought it was really interesting to see like overall and. You know there was so much going on in episode six through ten that we didn't get to see a lot of him, but his um, mm-hmm. return in episode nine was really mm-hmm. huge for that story. Um, him being basically woven throughout the show, with uh, him talking about the hero moment, and of course the conversation with uh, Tyrone and stuff like that and just that moral compass that he tried to play because it seems like there is some there's another side to him that uh, you know i'll get to and things i like to see for season two but uh yeah um i really enjoyed uh jamie zavallo uh playing pastor delgado he did a really really good job and okay so (laughs) so what you call it we are two two more left Favorite hero moment of season one. What was, like, I guess to de- kind of describe what that means to give a little context. What was that moment where you say, damn, that was a really awesome moment in which Tandy and Tyrone exhibited some real courage, some real confidence in, in a certain situation that you said, okay, this was pretty awesome. Uh, Ralph, what, what was your favorite hero moment of
4: season one? For me, it had to be the finale, uh, when they both you know were willing to sacrifice themselves uh like i mentioned before you know they knew that one was going to live and one was going to die so they sort of assumed that one of them was going to sacrifice themselves and they both you know stepped up to the challenge and uh, saved the city so i guess that that probably would be the uh the favorite hero moment because they worked together they both were willing to step up you know when it mattered the most
1: okay and uh, jerome how about you
2: um, yeah, definitely the last one would be, like, for all the same reasons. Uh, I would say when they save Ivan Hess, that's just a cool hero moment, just in the sense of, like, yes. when you think about comic book movies, it's, like, discovering your powers, discovering how you, because of this tandem, discovering how you use your powers with another person, and then also incorporating, like, the narrative of each of their stories and using that to overcome. Because, like, what's really interesting about a lot of these dream sequences is really the whole point of it. Them is to get to like the root Core of the issue like because it's a lot of like repeating It over and over until they figure out what the real Cause of the issue is solve it And then um and then like Resolve it so uh yeah I do like That moment
1: yeah and uh Mariano How about you brother Oh uh, again it was <laughs> No <laughs> surprise dog, It's
0: when they save Ivan has like I have that right here In my note like I, I promise you it's when they save Ivan Hesse because I felt Like that was one of those moments where they could have chalked That up and just been like you know what he was just a casualty. This is what has to happen. The story must go on. We have to do this, you know, whatever. But they went back and said, you know what? Nah, like if we have these powers, we have to use them just for good and you know, all good. You know what I mean? Like if we see something that's wrong, like we we gotta fix this. shit. Like it is what it is. Um, obviously Tandy was like a piece of shit later, and you know, she did the meanest. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, but but I, but but in the moment, saving Ivan Hess, I think was my easily i think was my favorite moment of like the season like up to that episode like when i saw them do that i was like okay because you know before that it could get kind of annoying where they kind of where it's like you kind of you know that they both kind of notice they need each other but they don't really kind of admit to it and then like they both go their own separate ways and then they come back episode later and it's like wait we need each other and it's like nah fuck you and it's like they come back (laughs) and they do it all over again but like that moment right there where it was like all right look clearly we need each other clearly the world needs us more than we even think we need each other so we have to do this so saving ivan i think was you know it was it, it was it was the one moment that stood out to me as far as like heroic moments like you know
1: yeah i'd say um i think i agree with all of you guys i think you could either go with um them at the end uh you know real knowing that somebody was gonna was supposed to perish but them finally you know working together in that instance but episode seven i really do think like episode seven there's a lot of really great stuff there um with them working together actually the fight scenes were pretty good too there and um just the conversations overall and them having that hero moment so i think you could go either way i'll I'll go with episode uh, episode seven uh, Lotus Eaters because I just I just love that episode and everything that that happened within it. So in in terms of final thoughts, um, I'm gonna put these two categories together because I think it's kind of a good way to segue to the end. Um, three things that you'd like to see in season two. If you only have one or two, that's all right too. Um, Mariano, what are a couple of things that you'd like to see in season two?
0: Um, I want to see something that makes tyrone happy outside of thoughts of his brother like i want to see like what things that his has he done since he was a kid that like you know brought him joy you know what i mean because you know because the most of the time of the season we we saw his pain depicted and we saw like a bunch of things that made him tick and we saw Mm -hmm. things that you know added to his frustration and stuff like that the only good moments in his life the only things that made him kind of smile was like thinking about his brother and like i said again for me you know, losing my brother back when I was, what, 17? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, there's been a lot of moments since then that has made me happy and made me smile, which are as important as the pain is, you know what I mean? So I just kind of want to see, when they do a deep dive into his childhood, I want to see, like, what he got into. Like, what like what did he use to cope on his own? You know what I mean? Like, I, obviously, he had his parents and, you know, stuff like that, and they tried to keep him busy and keep his mind off of that stuff, but I really want to see what he got into on his own, because they didn't I, I don't think it really did too much of showing what he was into, you know, necessarily as opposed to like, uh, you know, oh, he was mad or he did this. He got in trouble with that and his parents was mad about this. And, you know, and then later on we found out why his parents were angry or whatever. But that that's one of the main things I want to see. And secondly, with Tandy, um, I want to see them have that conversation with, uh, I, w- I want to see how they how they kind of bridge that gap between her and her mom where her mom had a conversation with her and told her, look, don't rely on anybody because in the end, all you have is you. I want to see that come, you know, to the light where she has a conversation with her mom and tells her, look, I know what dad was doing. So I, you know, I, I forget. I want to see that moment of like forgiveness to where they had that bonding moment. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's where it's building up to where she kind of, understands why her mom was on the pills and on the alcohol and stuff like that yeah because before she just looked at her and judged her as just like oh you just the addict and you dependent and using all this other shit is whatever and my dad was this my dad was that but when she finds out like the ugly truth she kind of looks at her mom and she's like damn i've been hating you this 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 wild for nothing basically you know what i mean so i those those are two things i want to see most importantly
1: cool that's it that's really interesting and i kind of agree there i think Uh, some of the stuff with uh, the relationship stuff is such a huge part of the show and it it it, it's what kind of makes it more compelling than anything else is that we care about these relationships with these characters and you want to see tandy grow she had some good moments towards the end of the season but yeah there are some rough spots with her so i want to see her to continue to grow as a character and of course tyrone the same thing uh ralph what what are a couple of things you'd like to see in season two
4: uh i'd like to see maybe like oh an explanation like how uh what was the name of the officer at the end of the oh, connors? connor's yeah like what happened to him oh that's like a great question put, yeah he got put in the i guess the white version of the sunken place uh <laughs> going into going into cloaks cloak uh right. yeah so that that'd probably be something that i want to see uh maybe they got to change up the outfits you know uh see what Cloak and deck are really wear. Uh, that's probably, but that's it. Like, I want to see like more deeper stuff about their powers. Um, and like, you know, do they master more stuff in the, the next season in terms of just being able to do a lot of different things with their powers? Yeah. To do stuff
1: together with their powers, which they were able to do towards the end. Do we see more of a yeah. continuation of that, that uh, that's going to be something interesting. Jerome, how about you?
2: Um, really echoing uh, Ralph's point. Um, I want to see how they get comfortable with their powers, just because you see so often that they're kind of figuring it out. Tendi, um, definitely a lot more comfortable in using them, but Tyrone is still kind of, like, even his last move against Connors just came out of nowhere. I don't think he knew what he did, Yeah, and he doesn't know what the result of it is. So I'd like to see how they are um, when they're more comfortable with it. Um, On top of that same thing, uh, we saw O'Reilly come out of the swamp. And I read ahead to see, like, what she could become. So it would be interesting to see what happens with her. Yeah. Um, And even, like, we mentioned Evita. And just kind of seeing how, um, yeah, like, we have these characters that have strong powers, but we also have characters that are, are able to fight against them, like, indirectly. Like, she is resistant to being just, like, having her hopes or, sca- or fears, like, uh, tapped into. So it's interesting to see characters like that and, like, where that can go. Because I don't think Evita is necessarily a person with power, but the resistance of power is also just as interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree completely. Um, And to more on the Evita point, I think one of the things that happens with shows a lot of times that... It, it, especially this, like, being a teen drama, not only a superhero show. Um, the potential of a love triangle between Avita, tandy and tyrone i really hope that they don't push that too much yet if they need to um if they it's need to the are actually
2: together right i
1: mean i well well that's the thing like yeah i i know ralph they, it is a teen drama yeah, it's a teen drama they're gonna yeah so like I think we're we're definitely headed there, but um, I think Evita is a perfect foil for 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 Tandy and Tyrone's getting together. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that continues to develop to, because can't wait to hear
2: the indie rock song that's called like Confused that plays through as it's happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that part of it. Cause shows get in trouble when they kind of like rush the relationship or rush the storyline and stuff like that. And it, because it, it, it just leans into it too much. And we forget about what makes the show really great. Also, um, you mentioned Jerome, uh, Bridget O'Reilly, who is, who now has taken on the persona of mayhem, who in the comics mm-hmm. is a vigilante. So the showrunner has talked about, uh, Joe Pulaski. I keep saying the showrunner, but his name is Joe Pulaski. Um, Now that she's mayhem, it's like one of the things that he talked about was her playing a big part in season two. In terms of cloak and dagger are doing their their thing, but she's also doing her own thing. And where those two paths meet is going to be interesting to watch because I'm very interested to see how that that get you know comes to fruition one way or another because it's very clear with the end credits showing her that she's going to play a huge part in season two also finally um pastor Delgado I think there's a potentially interesting story when Tyrone went into his fears we saw something interesting with in terms of there was a car accident and people dead and I kind of wanted I feel like they showed us that for a reason and we didn't get to see a lot of him in the back half of the season, so I would like to see his character get a little more shine. Though it,
2: it, now that's he's ty- one of the characters that actually has some complexity to him that didn't like they didn't dive into. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah dude, especially
1: dude. now that Tyrone's kind of still on the run for the murder because you mm-hmm. know technically speaking he hasn't been cleared will maybe he reach out to pastor delgado as kind of like an emissary for him in some type of way to yeah to and and, and that
0: scene that's that scene kind of reminded me of um of saw where it was like uh where like jigsaw you know everybody was like building up to that point where it was like making them out to be like this guy you know what i mean obviously it's a different sides of the spectrum but yeah uh-huh. they were just looking at it like man like why is he doing this shit or whatever and it's like it's the same thing with tyrone it's like why are you doing this and he's questioning his you know his motives and it's because of that accident where it's like with Jigsaw, you know, he lost it all, you know, his wife, you know, lost the baby and stuff like that. You know, his life was out of control and he tried to kill himself, but he failed at it. So he's like, OK, in turn, I'm going to see exactly how much people value their lives and I'm going to get him a chance. And it's the same thing, on, the, like I said, on the opposite side of the spectrum with the father, where it's like, OK, I want to I want to do good for these people and see how much they value their lives and see how much they really know what's going on. Like you see the conversation he had with Tyrone where he asked him about the war he said, why did it end? You know, and and it lasted longer than it was supposed to because they didn't know that they could stop fighting. And he tried to give them that, you know, that kind of advice. So I do expect his story to be a little bit more, you know, told a little bit more in depth, um, you know, in season two. I I hope it is, you know what I mean? Because like you said, toward the end, he started to become much more interesting than, than, you know, he started out to be for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that's a a great way to kind of like to like put a, a ribbon and bow on this show because... it's so rare because you know we talk about and we've talked about on this show before luke cage and some of the issues with that iron fist some of the issues with that even daredevil punisher to a lesser extent jessica jones all of those this show to me was just so completely different in tone and just in a it was kind of like in a way it just was an eye tilt so you get to see something a little bit different and i think you know you gotta shout out um, you know, the creators of this show for making a show that really, you know, it blew my expectations out of the water. I was legitimately stunned. I was not, you know, I was not expecting a lot, but when, you know, I, I got grabbed in and it was just really dope. So shouts to the cast, Olivia Holt, is Tandy and Aubrey Joseph, again, standing ovation, MVP of the series. Okay. Tyrone is just an amazing character. Um, I don't think you could do any, any, any better in terms of carrying a show in the way that he did and, and a lot of it, he's just very relatable to, you know, a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, in particular on this call, I think there's, you know, there's like a lot of, you know, aspects of his character that I can definitely relate with. Uh, Mariano, you've spoken to that as well. Um, it's, it's been really, really cool to talk about the series and we're looking forward to season two, uh, shouts to cloak and dagger for a great first season
2: so Olivia sings the uh come sail away at the end oh yeah yeah uh, the final uh episode yeah Yeah. which I didn't know until after the fact it's pretty cool
1: yeah yeah that yeah that was a yeah I I I didn't realize that she had done that but then that yeah that's a nice fun fact there to (laughs) to to to, to kind of end on and before we go we got to find out where all of these people are and where do we follow them uh Mariano Bivens where do we follow you brother
0: Oh, man, y'all already know, as usual, at Mariano on Twitter, two N's, two O's, like I tell your aunt when she asked me for money, man, Um, on IG, it's Telflair, T-E-L-F-L-A-I-R, from now until my son is here, I'm going to be posting nothing but, like, me rubbing my wife's belly and, like, random rap music and shit like that, the usual, you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
1: Uh, what you call a pleasure to have you on as always brother uh oh yeah
0: pleasure to be here man y'all know y'all know y'all the fam
1: yes yes sir yes sir rafael canton great first episode uh coming in as a newcomer where do we follow you bro thanks
4: uh oh you can follow me on twitter nba underscore trades you know i talk about old nba history through the lens of like trades that have happened in the league and i'm always posting videos and gifs on twitter of any old NBA stuff, so uh, yeah, NBA underscore trades. Yeah, you go follow me on Twitter, uh,
2: yeah. Jerome Chang. The- uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll, all one word, uh, on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And um, somewhere, if she's still here, I don't know if she is.
3: <laughs> I stayed.
1: Oh, don't listen- her. No, I, I listened. My is.
3: phone is at like eight percent, but I listened to the whole thing. You guys are, you guys are the dopest. I if it wasn't so dark, I. would Oh, would almost shit. be convinced to watch this show. <laughs>
1: almost, <laughs> almost. I'm
3: just. I'm very. I'm very soft, guys. <laughs>
1: but uh... <laughs> she is Nita on Bluestein. Oh, I am
0: too. Don't get it fucked up. I am too. I live in a house full of none but women. It's only me and Gabby, <laughs> and then my son will be. My son will be here, and my son will be here in December. But like until then, like I'm just not. I'm saying no, and then ending with saying yes, like. You know, to everybody in the house. So. <laughs> I know earlier, I mean, I'm pretty now. sure. I don't know if y'all caught that, but like my cat chachi me out earlier in the pod. I'm pretty sure if I can catch that and like, you know, peep that early, oh, I can't listen listen. remember what yeah.
1: back for it. Yeah. Is yeah it's chachi one of my, cat. it's one of my
0: cats. Yeah, no. Tachi's a female. Joni is too. Uh, we got Tachi no, and No, you Jones. dead ass just yeah. like
3: a bunch Chachi. of women.
0: No, it's it's all women. It's me. So it's funny. A bunch of women in this game, and then my son will come, and then that that'll be it. We'll still be outnumbered, but it'll be a
1: little bit more balanced. Yeah, you'll have a little <laughs> bit more of a. <laughs> it'll be a little bit more. Shouts to Nita and Bluffstein for cameoing in and just coming in. Yo, that, I gotta
3: say, yeah. I love you so much, but it's Bluffstein. Bluffstein? yes well it's not even like we were talking about this actually on the mailbag today that like really like my name is
2: because <laughs> <the time>. <laughs> my name intro.
3: is i know but i just like yeah. don't because my name is technically like blufstein but
0: blufstein. no one's gonna okay. say that i'm what? gonna say what? it i'm fucked yeah. that yeah. i'm saying that It's that's hard yeah, I'm
3: saying but that. it's like in american you're gonna or in english i guess you're gonna say Bloofstein, but you know
2: yeah, it's funny hearing Gits' thing about, because, like, she's been so used to her name being mispronounced that the first time <laughs> we met her, like, if you followed her, like, early on, her uh, bio used to just say, <laughs> like, in quotes, knee. It's like a knee, as in, like, your knee. Yeah. she said. So I said that for her name. She's like, "Actually, it's like Nits." I'm like, "But that's what it says." there she's like, "No, but it's actually this. You know and how says, many like, times we've what? gone
1: back and forth between <laughs> Nits and Neats and us? We would I respond
3: cuz I respond to either cuz people kind of like do whatever they think is easier. So I'm like, "Okay, both are wrong technically." So people like,
2: should make an effort. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, cuz that's not my name. Right. So what am I going to say like yeah, pronounce my nickname right. No, yeah, whatever.
2: <laughs> well, well,
1: whatever's easier for you. Well, Nitzan Blufstein, where can we
2: follow oh, you? Oh, God,
1: that was even worse.
2: <laughs> okay, so you can... He
0: made it sound Russian. You can follow me on He made on sound Twitter. Russian, it sound
3: Russian. a Blufstein. <laughs> so I'm a, little Ru- I'm a little Russian, so he's got, you know, he's in oh, right, okay, I guess. All right. oh, <laughs> but also, no. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I think it's Nits Blue, so it's N-I-T-Z-B-L-U-V. Or on Instagram, it's nitsnatsb. So it's n-i-t-z, n-a-t-z, b. Follow me. Unfollow me real quick when you realize it's a mistake, but uh, follow me first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and finally, uh, also follow Jake Christie, who's going to produce this show, at the, Drake, the Jake Christie on Twitter, uh, uh, Sorted History, the podcast. Check him out there. And finally, I am Anthony Canton, the uh, third, AC Spotlight95 on Twitter. Um, Poet AC 9586. You could check out all the fun stuff that uh, I did in hey, Greece what on about
0: there. The, uh, AC Wait, did we get, did we get the doing, GOAT uh, BDR? Did we get Black Dragon Roll? Fucking top five uh, Twitter names that I know right now? Oh, like, oh that's a fucking That name is amazing. <laughs> hey. I've been telling them that for a minute, man.
1: I appreciate it every time, Ari. It's a, it. Listen, man. It's it's definitely up there. It's definitely up there. Oh no, I didn't forget the AC Spotlight podcast, man. We're we're gonna be coming back soon. We got a special guest. It's gonna be really interesting talking about some uh, Golden State Warriors sometime next week. So Woo! so that's gonna that's gonna be. Woo! so that's good we
3: signed boogie sorry i keep cutting you off but warrior okay go ahead
1: (laughs) and and finally this has been the marvel cinematic university podcast subscribe rate review check us out um we're gonna find try and find stuff to talk about in the meantime as we you know, full-
2: I say we cover insecure. I'm fine with
1: that. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> <what> he- yes. <laughs> but, hey, why, why do you call it? We'll see if we can get approval for Jake on that one. Until um, until then, and then of course, Nisan, Listen, you got you got one mission, and one mission. Literally,
3: send me the link. I've watched Thor Ragnarok, I think seven times. Yes, I, see- I saw it in the last
2: amazing <laughs>
3: So good because I watch it to fall asleep, but I can't sleep. Right. So I just end up watching it. But so, like, I'm—I have time right now to watch Deadpool 2 but I have no link.
1: All right, you know what? So I'm gonna—I'm gonna see if I could get a link from uh, from Rob We all or watch
2: these movies legally, and we all love paying for them. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely,
3: absolutely not. Yes, yes. They're okay, good. Fair. They made their money. <laughs> They're fine. And I just need. To <laughs> 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 you should. You should support little people content. Big people content, maybe. Maybe it's okay.
1: And on that note, this has (laughs) been the Marvel Cinematic (laughs) University Podcast. We'll talk to you guys soon.